Welcome, everybody, to another edition of the FXR Racing Race Tech Suspension Privateer Island Life Podcast. Thanks for listening. Appreciate it. This is number 109 in the series and uh, brought to you by Maxis, Firepower, and Namira uh, folks over there. And really uh, appreciate you guys listening to these downloads. This is the first one we're doing of 2020. So for, for that... I really want to welcome on the Firepower guys. They've uh, they've been on they've been with us uh, a long time on the Pulp Show, but this year they are doing the Privateer Show as well. With over 50 years' experience in the industry, Firepower commits to quality, value, and service for your machine. Firepower offers chains made in Japan, featherweight, featherlight, lithium batteries, and oil to stand the test of any power sports vehicle. Firepowerparts.com for all of that information. Thanks to those guys for coming on board, and of course FXR Racing. Pulpamex 30 is the code to save with those guys. Uh, gear worn by many of the greats, including the man on the line as well. And uh, I want to thank Race Tech, of course. Pulp 19 is the code to save with Race Tech. Jerry. Blos, Starling, all using Race Tech this year out there. And uh, thanks to Namira Technologies as well, Pistons with an Attitude and Maxis Tires, Alex Ray, AJ Cantanzaro using the MXST Tires. So those are our sponsors for 2020 and uh, our first guest of the Privateer Island Podcast, number 109. Good friend of mine. Uh, we haven't seen him in Supercross for a while, but maybe, maybe we'll see him this year. It's Luke Reslin. What's up, Luke? How are you? Yo, what's going on? How are we doing? Thanks for coming on. Appreciate it. Yeah, yeah, God. happy to do this. Trying to get both of our schedules aligned with something else. Yeah, yeah, I don't know. This three-hour time difference from east to west, and and you're a mountain bike athlete, and I'm a dirt bike athlete. It's hard to get the schedules <laughs> to line up. It is. It really was. But I'm glad we're doing it. Uh, thank you for this. Uh, I guess, first of all, how's your FXR gear? How's everything going with that? Oh, the gear is silky smooth, uh, fits like a dream. And honestly, not just because I get stuff from them, it really is like reliable and holds up really well so um definitely happy with them good to hear uh yeah fantastic so you look you got a podium in supercross before we've seen you in supercross for a few years now you're up in canada you raced the one mx 101 team uh this can this uh this past year you won the supercross series correct yes and you finished third overall in motocross uh, I finished third in the Triple Crown. Tr- third um, and Triple Crown. Okay. Motocross, I plummeted all the way back to seventh. Uh, oh. I missed, I missed the last round. The last round did you in, and, right? Uh, yes. Yeah, yeah. I dropped. I, I was in third. Yep. Um, dropped all the way to seventh just for missing one round. Okay, so let's talk about that, I guess, a little bit. Um, Supercross 2020. Any chance you do an East Coast? Uh, there's definitely a chance. So, uh, I'm back with the MX-101 team again for 2020, and um, they, from what they say, they've always been interested in, you know, getting into the Supercross game in the States. So, uh, you know, in the contract, they let me know that, you know, they're uh, they're an open book as far as whatever United States rounds I want to do, and uh, it's just a matter of whether or not I'll be prepared in time and, and feel like I have, you know, the bike and mm-hmm. the uh, athletic performance to to do something good, you know? Right, right. So, okay. Uh, what do you put the chances at, Resla? What do you put the chances um, at? I've been, I've been really, I don't know, I've been on the edge. So, <laughs> um, you know, I, I got I got the new bike right at the right at the new year. So that left me about, I don't know, seven weeks maybe till Tampa. Uh-huh. And uh, so it was looking good then. And then, um, you know, we just kind of been getting rain on and off in Florida and like, I haven't even been able to get the supercross track up and running. So, okay. Um, we're calling it close, right. but I, I, I will make a guarantee that if I'm not there this year, 2021, I will be there, you know, one way or the other. Yep. I, 
I, I will have a bike early enough and, and I'll be fully prepared for, for East Coast 2021 for sure. What's your take on A1 on what we saw happen there? Uh, it was pretty wild. You know, it looks like they had a technical track for yeah. round one. Yeah. Like normally, normally it's a little bit tame. And this year it seems like Dirtworks brought the big guns. A um, little bit, right? Yeah. But it, it was kind of a toss up. You know, my, my Pulpamex fantasy score was, was a little bit weak, but uh, <laughs> I don't know if anyone knew what was going to happen out there. What what'd you score? Do you remember? Uh, I think I was 215. Oh, that's fine. I was 161, bro. Oh, oh wow! I'm doing pretty good. Though. <laughs> <laughs> oh, absolutely. Um, look, you're a guy that raced in the U.S. and uh, you're a top ten guy, top five sometimes. Like I said, you got that podium and everything else. You sniffed around, you know, didn't see anything you liked. Went to Canada, um, raced that series. So now that you've did it for a year, uh, you obviously re-upped with MX101, so you're happy that way. But what's your take on going up north? I mean, Phil Phil was in studio on Monday on Pulp MX show. And was like, you know, it's he's like, you kind of, you kind of got to give up on your dream. Now Phil's older than you, so you know, you're not I'm not saying you're doing that, but it's a little bit of a kick to the ego. Phil made it sound like to, you know, head to another country to race. W- where were you at on all that? Well, I, I can see where he comes from for sure, because you know, everyone says that you know the United States is like the it, it's it's the elite package as far as supercross mm-hmm. and motocross goes. So, um, you know, it's it's a little bit. You know, it's a little bit of an ego hit, like you said. But um, at the same time, you go across the border and it's all new tracks, all new competition. And um, like, like, by no means am I going up there and waxing these guys. So mm-hmm. uh, it, it's plenty competitive and uh, it's, it's definitely a different style of racing. But um, I, I think I enjoyed just kind of the new scenery, the new way of going about things. And it kind of... Uh, it kind of refreshed like the love for the sport again, you know, like it's not just repetition anymore. It's, it's, yep. uh, learning a new country and, and, uh, new tracks and, and, uh, it was, it was just a cool experience overall. So you liked it. Yeah. It was good for you. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It was, it was fun. Awesome. You know, there was, there was some stuff that was a little wanky, you know, like every now and then, you know, the timing and scoring loops would get ripped out of the ground and, you know, practice <laughs> would get canceled and this, that, and the other thing. But, but overall it, it's a uh, it's it's a good series and and in that 250 class there really is a lot of competition so I uh, um, it's I went to know. Calgary and it was deep dude like it was crazy like you guys yeah you had Dylan Wright and Welton and Osby yep. and yourself T Dags yep. uh, Pettis when yeah like it was not a lot to separate you guys no no there's really not and, and that is the one difference. Um, the Canadian outdoor tracks don't get nearly as rough as the, as the United States ones, you know? So, uh, like fitness and like line choice and all that technical stuff doesn't really come into play quite as much. So, um, it's, it's a little bit more of a, uh, premium mm-hmm. put onto starts and just all out sprint speed to, yeah. to try to get away while you can. Yeah. How, and how was, uh, the MX one one team for you? You've, you've ridden, you know, on pretty decent teams in the U S uh, Hot dog vendor, my buddy, the team owner. How was it? Alan Brown doing the it, motors? Yeah, yeah, it was good. Um, it was my, you know, I only have had a connection with the one mechanic, Kale, uh, in the past. So other than that, everyone on the team was new. Um, got along great with Kevin. Uh, my teammate, Marco, uh, me and him really clicked well. So that makes life a lot easier when, when you kind of have a an ally and a buddy under the tent. And um, 
yeah, the the Allen Brown motors are good. Um, the SSS suspension uh, felt weird when I first got on it. Okay, just he has a different way of going about. Yeah, you know settings and how the bike feels. But once I started, you know, getting used to it and getting into the flow of things, I was actually pretty impressed with uh, with what he does too. So right. Overall, the motorcycle was good, mm-hmm. and um, just the atmosphere is, was really lighthearted, and uh, that's that's kind of like the the environment that I do best in, you know. So, yeah, I could I could see yeah. you really liking the relaxed attitude, the the riders kind of hanging out with each other, you know, uh, more so in the U.S. than in the U.S. Like I, you, yeah, you would thrive in that. You're you're personable guy. Yeah, yeah, it it was it was good. It definitely, um, it's completely different. Like it's hard to explain, but just like you said, like. All the riders, no matter what team, you know, what position they're in on the track, um, like everyone gets together. Like riders meeting is a big like, <laughs> like like a big party. Like everyone's all excited to see each other. Everyone's hugging, handshaking. I was like a little baffled when I, you know, in the first few rounds. But um, it really is a good atmosphere. And, uh, you know, definitely it seems like more and more, you know, U.S. guys are getting used to going up there. And, and uh, the competition keeps getting deeper. So. Uh, I guess maybe the negative would be those flights coming from Florida. <laughs> Jeez. Uh, I actually, I, I flew the first, um, the first few rounds. Like yeah. I flew to the arena cross rounds in the beginning of the year. And then, uh, when the series headed West, just the whole team packed up and I went out there and, oh, and you stayed out there okay. for like three or four weeks, whatever it was. Yeah. Yeah. And then, uh, when the series headed East, I actually just stayed at my parents' house in New Jersey, so uh, uh, I was actually driving across the border every weekend. Oh, nice! So, okay, like six, six to eight hour drives, which yep. aren't the most fun, but it's a yep. lot better than honestly. I'd rather do that than than be flying all the way across the country every weekend. So for 2020, did you look around down south, down here? Uh, did you, you know, put some feelers out? Did you basically? I, I think there was. Correct me if I'm wrong, but I'm not, I wasn't sure 100 if MX 101 was coming back next year. Even Kevin had told some people that. So I don't know if that affected you or did you say, Hey, when you can get me a contract, uh, hot dog vendor, I'm in, what was the process of deciding what you wanted to do for 2020? Um, you know, basically that was, you know, you saying that just now is the first I've ever heard. Oh, okay. Maybe, right. You know, one-on-one wasn't going to come back, but, um, I, I did have my feelers out a little bit as far as United States stuff went, mm-hmm. you know, you know, when I didn't know what, kevin was doing who he wanted and and what his support was going to be um i had my feelers out a little bit and uh just nothing really came into play and yep. uh let's see probably by november kevin knew what he was doing and and we started actually talking about you know making things happen for 2020 it's very possible that i got my information from galdi so Oh yeah, yeah. He's a bit of a wing nut, so so you never know. You never know. <laughs> um, yeah, exactly. Right. You never know. Hey, by the way, he was down there, right? Yeah, yeah. He's like a full time dream dreamlander now. Yeah. So how was that having them him there? It was good. Yeah, it was good. He he came and uh, he started with a group of four. I think he he was originally having a group of four come. By the time we knew it, there was this Canadian, that Canadian, all wanted to come. And, <laughs> Like we ended up with like ten people here with with the Galdi camp. So oh yeah. Um, now now can you confirm? Can you confirm or deny the rumors that he went running in the mornings? 
Uh, honestly, I didn't see any of that. Okay, all right. <laughs> Fantastic. Uh, but but uh, I, I'm not sure. He, he might have done that under wraps. He might not have been showing me everything he had, but <laughs> I, I didn't see it. How was he on the 125 out there? He looked really good. He yeah. was actually he, he actually impressed me on the 125 a bit. Did he really? You know, huh? yeah. For for a vet guy, he he goes pretty good. Right, better than the 450, I think. Honestly. Oh wow, shit. Okay. Yeah. Um, hey, so do you? I, I don't know. I've seen you do some GNCCs here and there. Like, yep. is there is that something you would think of? Is that something you like to do? I mean, I, I obviously you, you do them for fun, but would you? Um, yeah, is that something that you would look forward to? Uh, I don't know. Maybe, maybe at one point in the future, like, like maybe when I'm old enough that I don't want to do this supercross motocross thing anymore. But, um, I, I really, I don't have enough like full blown training on that stuff to be half as fast as those top guys, honestly. Isn't it crazy? Isn't it nuts? Yeah. Like you, you have an eight to 12 mile course and like my goal by the end of the three hours is to not be lapped. So (laughs) like I I would have a lot to work on if I wanted to do that full time. But, um, but I I always do trail rides back home in New Jersey. It's, it's basically all we have for riding. Mm -hmm. Um, so I love to ride in the woods and the GNCC stuff is fun, but honestly racing that stuff, like I would, I would have to put in some, some hard work to get used to racing between the trees and, and get a lot faster it's crazy the four-hour races come down to like 10 seconds at the end or whatever like you're just like or they're passing in the last turn or whatever you're yeah like, yeah like, they're, oh. they're, they're like splitting hairs i don't know like they have such good race management like they they all just gauge off of each other for mm-hmm. two and a half hours and then like the last half an hour is an all-out sprint and and the best man wins but yeah. I, I don't get how that works you know i'm just used to the gate drops, you go a hundred percent and, uh, right. and about 10 to 15 minutes in a supercross, you know, you're, you basically know where you're at. Yeah. Yeah. Pretty much. Right. Um, for the Canadian mm-hmm. stuff, uh, they had the arena cross series in the beginning of the year. Then it goes to eight nationals. I think this year it might be nine. Uh, and then yep. there was three supercrosses this year. It might be two. Um, mm-hmm. I don't know. We were talking about this with Galdi on the pulp show and stuff. I, I, I mean, it's almost like, hey, if you're going to do supercrosses, have more than two, and and if you're going to do arena cross, have more than three. Uh, how do you feel about the way they do it and the races themselves? Yeah, I mean, I'm not a big fan of the the two round supercross series, I right? Mean, especially because Montreal is gone, so we're down to just two arenas that we're calling supercrosses. Um, <laughs> I, I would I would rather you know I'd rather just have combine them all at the beginning of the year have you know, five or six right. arena cross rounds for one championship and then just do all the moto stuff and, and not have three separate championships of, you know, two to three rounds a piece. It, it, it doesn't really make sense to me, honestly. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. I'm with you a little bit. Right. So, yeah, because in, in a two round series, um, you know, you have one little hiccup, like one first turn pile up or mm-hmm. something, it, it'll cost you a championship. And, you know, I don't really know if, if two rounds really should count as a championship, honestly. Right. Uh, but yeah, yeah, no, I'm with you. FXR racing, race tech suspension, privateer Island life with Luke Resland. I mean, you're kind of a privateer. You're on a team, but I don't know whether you classify as a true privateer Luke, but we're doing it anyway. So, um, yeah, I'm, I'm glad to be here either way. I, I don't take any offense to it. You know, <laughs> I like to side with the privateers every now and then. So let's do this. Yeah. Maxis firepower and Namira Technologies all on board with us, of course. And, uh, L Dozer on the show. Um, financially wise, uh, how'd you do 
Uh, we don't need to see your tax returns. We don't need to, you to fax those in or anything. But uh, <laughs> financially-wise, was 2019 your best year? Were, was it better when you were with the club guys uh, or traders? Um, how, you know, how, how'd you do that way? That way. Um, I would say I did better in 2018. Did you? Just, okay. just based on one podium. One podium. <laughs> did pretty good for me. But, yeah. um, you know, 2020, I, I think 2019 was a little tough, like, I didn't know Kevin at all coming into it, and uh, he didn't even know if he was going to add like a th- uh, you know a third rider to the team until what like the end of January or something. So um, I was kind of a late addition. I don't think he knew exactly what he was getting into. So um, you know, blah blah blah. But twenty twenty is definitely looking to be a bit better. And uh, okay. And yeah, yeah, because like a guy like Phil, like he killed it money wise, right? Like he won that triple crown thing, and he won some races, and he, you know, um, for him heading heading north financially was a good move for him. Obviously, the third at Unadilla, I think, probably really did well for him financial wise. But you know, uh, Millsaps or Gurky or any of these guys have gone up there, and, and of course, you ride the the MX2 class, which the purse money is garbage. But um, you know, it's a way to make a living racing your motorcycle. Yeah. Yeah. And that, that's, that's the main thing, man. Like, uh, you know, I, I did not want to lose riding a dirt bike either way, you know, like I'm, I'm willing to go across the border and, you know, take that bit of an ego hit as far as not having to ride in the U S and, uh, you know, I'm still getting yeah. to do what I love every day and, and, uh, not much, not much changes except for the tracks I'm at and the people I'm racing. So, um, it, it's all good for me. And, um, financially wise, that's just kind of a, it, it's it's just a bonus but you know 2019 i really i didn't even win a race at all like um minidoza was on. the only race i yeah, technically so, won yeah you won that yeah it counts I, I it counts but i mean i got beat i i won by technicality because <laughs> right got penalized so, yeah so um, what so i'm just saying that was the only race i actually won and got a bonus for everything else i was just a, a podium guy yeah and, and financially, it could have been a lot better if I was I was crossing some ones off the list, you know. Right, right. Um, how did you get in touch with Hot Dog Vendor? How did that come together? Was that an FXR thing, or was it, well, how would that work? No, that came that came through the mechanic, uh, oh, Kale, okay. Kale, Kale Foster, yeah, yeah. which has been the mechanic who's been with Kevin since uh, since the team started up. So um, he knew of me. You know, he he's always done some Supercross stuff with another rider you know, every winter just to stay busy and, uh, kind of knew of me and I don't know, pitched it to Kevin and it all ended up working out. So nice. I like that. So he, he made it happen for me. Right. So. Right. So overall, like for you, Luke, uh, you would love to be on a factory team in the U S and, and making that kind of money and having those results. But overall, you're happy with the way things have gone for you. You're good with the, the way the career has gone and, and racing Canada and all of that. I mean, I'm I'm happy-ish. Uh, happy-ish. <laughs> you know, uh, uh, honestly, uh, I'm a hardworking guy. I don't cut any corners, and like it, it, it does hurt to never have gotten that full chance at the full factory ride. And, um, you know, just like just the resources that the traders guys brought to the table with Skip Norfolk, and and we got Sergio, the suspension tech, in 2018, and just like seeing those couple pieces of the puzzle come together and it manifested into that podium at Indy. Like I, I know that like a full factory ride would, would boost me to that next level even farther. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I've gotten a taste of it every now and then just with a couple different people that have 
kind of helped me out. But um, I know getting that opportunity with the full factory would would boost me even farther. But yeah, you know, overall, I, I'm I'm you know, it's hard not to be happy with you know being able to do this for a living and and uh, I mean, shit, I'm riding my dirt bike every day. What what what's wrong with that, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You can't yeah you can't uh, can't really complain, right? Yeah. Uh, um. Well, I hope. Well, maybe you can do the East Coast. Maybe you can open some eyes on the East Coast. You I, know? I, yeah, that'd be great. You know, um, that's that's definitely the goal. So, you know, like I said, even if it doesn't work out in 2020, which I have to make that decision really soon, um, if that doesn't work out, 2021, you're, I'm coming back as like as like the Marty in the 250 class, just this old <laughs> dog coming in, guns a blazing with a chip on his shoulder, and uh, and we'll make it happen. You have a ways to go to be Marty. A ways to go. I don't know how. How old are you? I'm 25. Oh, really? Okay. All right. Yeah. I thought you were a little. Well, I guess no. That's probably. I thought you were 23, 24. So, um, hey. So, uh, overall for the Canadian stuff, um, sand track. You're good in sand. You're Jersey guy. Uh, you're like Barsha. Uh, you're good in the sand. What'd you make of all those tracks on the East Coast being a little sandier? Uh, I I loved. I mean, it's a kind of a love hate with Gopher because yeah. it's. It is a sand track, but it also is July, and <laughs> they have some huge jumps on that track. So it's yeah. like kind of a hybrid. But um, Gopher is cool. Uh, Sandalee is good. Really, the only East Coast one um, that I didn't like was Moncton, which isn't sand at all. It's no. just a hard pack. It's, yep. it's really hard pack. But um, probably I would say either Prince George or Deschambeau were probably – my two favorites of the whole series. Prince George looks sweet. That looked pretty yeah. good, actually. Yeah, that track's awesome. It's actually really good soil for the West Coast uh-huh. and uh, elevation up and down. Um, just like uh, I don't know, overall, just a really awesome flowing track. What did you like about the Canadian fans? How were they? How were they? How were the Canadian people you ran into at these races? Uh, all of them were great. Honestly, I didn't. Yep. I didn't really cross paths with any any bad ones. Um, you know, there's a lot less at the races than there yeah. are at the U.S. races, but um, all of them are really nice. Yeah, like like pretty impressed with the Canadian people uh, as a whole. That country is is doing well. You know, forming good people. Right, right. What about um, the the differences in the countries themselves? Like, what did you what did you find weird or different, or what did you like? Uh, you know, as far as that goes. I mean, besides the addiction to Tim Hortons that every Canadian seems to have. <laughs> um. I mean, I just probably a normal answer would be like just anything in Quebec was weird to me. (laughs) Um, That's a normal answer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, like when I go across the border to race anywhere, um, it just feels like another race in the States. But like when I go into Quebec, I feel like I am in the middle of Europe. Like I, I don't know what is going on. I don't know the language. I barely even know which side of the road to drive on. Like, like. It, it's all weird up there, but um, <laughs> but I mean, the, the the food's really good there, and the poutine is killer. Poutine is great. I don't know if that I didn't realize that was on your diet or not. I'm not sure, but poutine is actually legit, legit good, <laughs> right? Yeah, it's, it's really good. So that would be like a standout, like like hell yeah about Canada right. would be the poutine, right. and the standout weird moment would be like anything with my time in Quebec. <laughs> <laughs> you should hear Galdi talk about trying to work with the, the track people in Quebec. <laughs> oh, it's, it's yeah. probably a nightmare. Right, right, right. Um, I was telling Galdi, I'm like, look, every time I watch Canadian Moto, and I was off for, I think, three weeks of the year that I was off um, 
for the uh, for the national series down here. There was a Canadian race on, so I would tune in using Diggers. Diggs is uh, um, password for that to that app. But uh, man, you guys, uh, you guys take liberty with the tracks, like the track corners and stuff. I'm like, I'm like Diggs. You guys, need, or I told Galdi, you guys need more officials running around to make sure these guys aren't jumping off the sides of the tracks and cutting the corners closer and closer. No, that that is a tough thing about it. Like you only have the two refs, which are doing the jobs of referees and like the dig dugs at the U.S. Yes, stuff. yeah. You know, like it, it's it's two guys manning the whole track. It's it's. I mean, I wouldn't want to be them for right, sure. Right. Uh, especially in the arena cross stuff because it's like such tight racing that tough blocks are going across the track and. And there might be a tough block laying on the landing of the finish line jump for a couple laps until a ref can get over there and move it. So, um, it's it's that's definitely tough with with only two guys. Yeah, and, no, they uh, they do the best they can, but man, yeah, some of you guys. Um, yeah, Pulpamex thirty is the code to save at fxrracing.com. There you go, Luke. If you need some from FXR, you can use that code. Pulpamex thirty. Perfect. Yeah, Perfect. I'm yeah. going to use that right when we're done with this. Yeah, okay, thank you. Appreciate that. Race Tech suspension as well. You ever use Race Tech? They ever do anything for you? Uh, no, never use them. All right, okay, racetech.com. Pulp19 is the code to save with that, Luke, if you want to send your suspension in and get it revalved. Um, okay. uh, Blos, Starling, Jerry, all using Racetech this year. Thanks to Namira Technologies as well. I want to thank them for coming on board. Maxis Tires, official tire of A-Ray. I don't know if you knew that, Luke, but he's now using Maxis. I've heard that. heard there's good success with Maxis over there. And Firepower. Firepowerparts.com. Uh, I need to get you some of the Firepower stuff too, Luke, if, if, if Hot Dog Vendor will let you. Uh, their motor oil was built from the ground up by a leading OEM manufacturer and is of the highest quality. Firepower offers standard mineral oil all the way to ester, fortified, full synthetic racing oil blended in the USA. Firepowerparts.com. Thanks to those guys for coming on. Um, I got to get to Dreamland. Can I come to Dreamland and ride? Yeah, why not, man? I... I... I thought we've been inviting you to the party every November, but maybe my mom was just saying that. But I think I, she I was. That was happening. Yeah, yeah, I don't recall any invites ever. But man, you your place down there, you're out by Jacksonville, kind of ish, right? Uh, like dead smack in the middle of Jacksonville and Tallahassee. So okay, kind of right between those two. It looks epic. It looks fantastic. The videos are, are amazing. Uh, I think Canadian teams are all heading down there from what I gather. Uh, I don't know. You're making some extra income, I guess, from these Canadian teams that are going to go down there and test and do photo shoots and stuff. So um, what's it like having that place for you? I mean, I guess you got to cut the grass and, and groom the damn thing. But uh, what's that like having that at your disposal? Oh, my God. It's it's uh, it's awesome. Yeah, like we, we built it up in uh, the fall of 2012. Uh-huh. And um, – so really at that point of my amateur career, just having this track here, you know, every day really like boosted me up in the amateur ranks from like a kind of like a floundering in the, maybe in the top five to like just winning all sorts of stuff in, in uh, 13 and 14. Mm -hmm. So, uh, it definitely helped me out a lot as a rider. And then, uh, moving over to the pros, obviously we got the two supercross pads and, as a pro in the U.S., you're basically just riding Supercross all year, and then motocross you just do on the weekends sometimes. <laughs> um, so you know that part you know explains itself having the Supercross tracks and uh, and and being able to make adjustments like certain parts of the tracks that I would be struggling with, we'd be able to just go right out and change the track, build whatever we want to uh, kind of mimic whatever I'm struggling with and, mm -hmm. and, uh, and tackle it and get to work and, and try to make some improvements. So, uh, 
yeah, it's, it's, it's worked for me. And yeah, like you said, the, the whole GDR camp is going to be here. Uh, myself and my teammate Marco on the 101 team are going to be here. Um, all sorts of Canadians coming in. It's like yeah. a Canadian invasion, man. It's, 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 well, it's going to be tough. I'm the only American left here, but, but it's going to be good. Make sure you charge those Canadians and, and U.S. dollars at that. Yeah, I got. I gotta let them know that it's U.S. We're not, we're not. We're not talking pesos or Canadian dollars. This is all U.S. here. Yeah. Listen. Uh, listen. More is at my house right now for the first few weeks of Supercross, and he'll be talking, and all of a sudden I hear him say, "You know, and that's U.S. dollars." And I'm like, "Yeah, yeah. Obviously, we live here. Where this is the Canadians and their U.S. dollars thing. They're very, very much big on that. So I know it's thirty percent. Everybody, I got it. But." Um, <laughs> Uh, so, do you do a lot of the dozer work? I mean, you are your nickname is Al Dozer, but can you can you pretty good at fixing Supercross stuff or building? Oh, absolutely, absolutely. really. I'm I'm the one doing all the track prep. And, are you and, really? Uh, yeah, and then my brother does all property maintenance as far as you know, lawn mowing and um, you know, just making everything look pretty. But hold but on, yeah. But are you saying you built the track from scratch, Soupy? That was that was us as a as a team effort. Yeah, my wow. dad. My brother, me. Um, you me, really me are. Even. You really are Aldozer. Yeah, it's what we do, man. Well, I thought what you we were do. just Aldozer because you push people out of the way on the track. Well, that's kind of how it started, but uh, but no, it, it has a definitely a double meaning for sure. I've spent some time behind uh, a dozer, a front end bucket loader thing, and dude, it's hard. Yeah. It's not easy. Those guys are are artists that are you know the Jason Bakers and, and these type of guys. So I'm impressed. Nice work. Yeah. Yeah, it's tough. You know, my dad, it's what he does back home. He owns a construction company in New Jersey. So uh, ever since I was a little tyke, like my summer breaks from school would be spent on the job site, you yep. know, learning to run machines and stuff. You know, even uh, I was I was younger than 10 years old, like getting kicked off the machines at jobs because like the uh, site supervisors could not handle seeing a 10 year old in the machine. <laughs> I would bet. <laughs> Yeah. So, um, wow. so yeah, I've been kind of groomed as a, as an equipment operator ever yeah. since I was a little kid and, uh, and it definitely translates over and, and has its own use, you know, now that I'm a moto guy and, and with all these tracks, somebody needs to groom them. Right. So, so, so tell me if I'm wrong. So sometimes like some of these guys that are great at it, I mean, look, the super cross track guys got to get in and out quickly. I get it. They don't have a lot of time, but sometimes uh, I was talking to Trey Kennard about this, you know, and he was working with trying to work with Dirtworks and Feld a little bit on on safety stuff and building jumps and everything else. And yeah. Trey's point was, these are the greatest riders in the world. We need to have the greatest operators in the world building these things. And at times, Trey told me it, they don't. They don't have them. Transitions and stuff like that. So would you look at that kind of stuff when you were racing Soupy? Oh, definitely. Like, I, I would always be... <laughs> it's funny, like, you walk the track as a dirt bike rider, first and foremost, but... Like I, I would always make the comments like who who the hell built this obstacle like, like <laughs> what, what what kind of thought went into this when they were building it so it, it, it's funny to be able to look at things from both sides but right um, right yeah because I mean you know yeah there, there's lots of things lots of variables yeah know, so. like realistically those dirtworks guys have have a really hard job having to travel mm-hmm. you know they have a week to get the track built and you know God knows what kind of dirt they have to work with you know Monster Jam could have been packing it down. And it turns to concrete, and they're trying to build, you know, tracks with boulders of concrete. Um, they definitely have a tough job for sure. But right. but some some of the tracks, uh, you know, I don't know. I've seen better for sure. I know that's what kind of what Trey was saying. Like you know, we need to have the very best operators here, 
making sure these transitions are good and the repairs are done right um, and all of that. Uh, I'm, I'm pr- I didn't know, Aldoza, you were that proficient. So nice work. Um, yeah. So whoops are hard to build? Uh, whoops are tricky for sure. Yep. Um, I know at the races they build them with a front-end loader. But but here at Dreamland, we just build them with a dozer and a skid steer um, on a, a little bit easier. And uh, Is that like you, you – so you build the pad and then you use a skid steer to like drag them in between? Kind of? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah build, a, build a pad a couple foot high and then, you know, just have the dozer to kind of roughly form each whoop. And then the skid steer comes in to pack it Finishes. and kind of round it off. Finish, oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. So, so how many acres do you have? Uh, we have uh, something around 80-something. Okay. So you got a big sand track, outdoor track, all you were saying. It's pretty sweet. Yeah. So we, we got the full outdoor track, which is like a 2 minute and 15 second uh, lap time. That's the one with the big jumps and, mm-hmm. you know, everyone wants to film on that. Yep. Um, we have two full-blown Supercross pads, like, you know, the stadium size, like everything legit um, to spec. Mm-hmm. And then we have the sand track, which right now is kind of like a glorified turn track like it's it's only a minute and some change lap time okay but uh we are in the process of ex- expanding that track to a two minute you know sand track right now and uh and that'll kind of complete our fourth track and and then we'll have a track for every different weather and yeah and every different need that we have do you live on property Yep. Yeah. I live right here. Like, so I live all the way at the front end of the yep. property out by the road. Mm-hmm. And then, um, like it's all, all the property around here is like pine tree farms. So, um, we have all the pine trees and like really from the house, you don't even know the tracks are here. So that's kind of nice. Like you get to separate yourself from the tracks a little bit. And then, uh, when it's time to work, just, just cruise out, you know, uh, to the back and and that's where the work happens listen you're a pretty grounded guy pretty realistic but i hope you never take it never take that for advantage what you have in your backyard that's amazing it's great oh no yeah. no it's yeah. it's definitely uh definitely got to give it up to my parents on that one for for making the dream happen for sure so um glad it's all worked out and you know they've uh my parents have fallen in love with it like they want to retire and, and just come down here and yep. just be able to toy around on the lawnmowers and, and sure uh, and be able to do this as a retirement plan. So, um, yeah, it's worked out great. And, you know, trying to somewhat build it into, uh, being able to do some training camps here and, mm-hmm. and bring yeah. in some income and for sure and, uh, make it work for itself. You know, absolutely. My sources, I can't reveal my sources, but his name rhyme with Schmeinschkald told me, yep. told me about this karaoke you got going on there. This whole karaoke uh, bar you have. We we did bust it out for for old Galdi one night when he was here, and uh, I think it was a hit for sure. So it, it's it's always set up. We, you know, we got the full speakers, drum kit. Guitar, he said he said you and your brother guitars. take it very seriously. Yes. Oh yeah, like like we don't even bother doing karaoke even on this property. We don't bother doing it unless we're in full costume. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. That's so awesome. The wig, the wig has got to go on. Like yeah. the outfit. You know, we we have uh, you know, we have different names and and we go out there and just rock that, it. So that so is, I'm that's awesome. I am I'm Randy Saltine, <laughs> and uh, Randy gets down with it when he gets when he it's after hours. <laughs> what's the what's your brother's name? 
Uh, his name is Dick Seagal. <laughs> okay, nice. <laughs> ah, that's so good. I need some video uh, of this. I need some video of this ASAP. Uh, uh, we, we can make that happen. Yeah. We, have, we have plenty of files. P- please send me something so our listeners can hear it, too. Uh, yeah. Luke Reslin on the FXR Racing Race Tech Suspension Privateer Island po- Podcast number 109. Uh, absolutely a, a joy to talk to you, man. Um, so for for 2020, I mean, for you, like, you know, you won that one race when Dylan got penalized in Manitoba, my home province, by the way, Manitoba. So I'm glad yeah, it was I'm great place. Glad great it was good place. to you. Loved it. Right. Yeah. I mean, you got to be thinking championship, right? I mean, that's you're on that level. You can do it. You won the Supercross thing. Um, you know, that's that's your goal, I would guess. Oh, that's definitely that's definitely like the only reason to go up there for sure. Mm-hmm. So, race wins and championship, you know, the whole nine, the whole triple crown, each individual each individual championship, just yep. going for. Uh, just going for broke and uh, trying to make it happen. I, I definitely, definitely have the speed. Um, need to work on my starts a little bit, which yeah. I mean, what else is new? Right. And um, you know, now I know most of the tracks. Like we got a couple new ones this year, but um, yeah, it should yeah. be good. I, I definitely feel like I'm going to be in a better place this year as far as knowing the team, knowing the bike, and uh, knowing the country as a whole so yeah it should be good yeah it should work out better right for you that way i mean you, know, you gotta figure you know i was actually for old philip there when we were discussing phil i'm like ah it's gonna take him a year to know the tracks and the schedule and know what he's got to do and then you know he'll be a championship contender uh you know I, I knew he'd be good but anyways he surprised me first year out yeah you know? he was good like honestly in outdoors like you know being in a different class i don't really get to see much of the 450s but Every race I got to watch, it seemed like he was the best guy, like especially late in the motos. It, um, it just seemed like every now and then he got caught up in some BS that, that he didn't need to do, you know? Wow. That, was, that, <laughs> that, that led me to my next question. Uh, we absolutely loved the. You were free of it. You stayed clear of it, all of that. But we absolutely loved it on our show. It seemed like every single weekend there was something crazy going on up in Canada for us to talk about. It, it, honestly, I was blown away. I didn't know if that was just normal for Canada, like, and I've never heard about it, or yeah. it was something new for 2019. Um, yeah, it was. Um, well, then you. I mean, there was even stuff going on that I didn't even talk about, like guys threatening people at gas stations and stuff, and lawyers mm-hmm. and buyouts and insurance. Po- I mean, there was, it seemed like every single time, every weekend, I got this this scoop of stuff that. I'm like, I cannot believe this really happened up there. <laughs> so. No, like when it got to the point that I heard that like a, a certain team was going after other people about getting them deported. Yes, Canada, yes, like, yep. I was like, what the hell is happening here? <laughs> Dude, it's like the best soap opera WWE each and every weekend up there. <laughs> so fantastic. Which, actually, the addition of Al Dozer would be great into that mix too because I feel like you could really take, you know, you would really love this too. Yeah, yeah, it seems like a lot of fun. I was, I was actually a little jealous at one point. But, yeah, uh, yeah. Stay clear of it, I guess. Um, did I see you got a permanent number? Yeah, yeah. So I got number six. Yeah. Um, that was from the Supercross Championship, I guess. Uh, I guess I was going to get a career number. I think it's you got to be top three in the Triple Crown. Um, but that would be a two digit. And then I won the championship, which gave me an opportunity at a one digit. So I just figured I might as well take it. Yeah. It took a six, right? Yeah. Any reason yeah. why any, any, um, number six, I was running that number at Loretta's in 2010 when I got my first Loretta's championship. So, oh, okay. Uh, 
yeah, yeah, that's really the only single digit number I have much experience with and it worked out good. So nice. I, I just decided to throw it back. Well, cool, man. Thanks for doing this. I appreciate it. You know, you would be fantastic to have in studio for the Pulp Mech Show. So if you're ever in Vegas or whatever out this way, let me know. Um, I'd love to have you in. Uh, I think people really dig your sense of humor and, and your personality. So as you can hear on this podcast. Let's make it happen, man. I'm, let's not even wait around until I'm in Vegas. Let's just let's just set a date and, just, and I'll make it happen. Just get you out here. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Come in, offer yeah. your hot take on Supercross, hot take on riders. You know, uh, Uncle Skip lives here now. We could probably get him in, get a little reunion there. That would be good. I would love. I would love to be in studio co-hosting the Pulp Show with Skip. Yeah. I love that. Yeah, absolutely. One of the uh, highlights of the straight rhythm, the McGrath Skip combo there. <laughs> that didn't work out good. Oh, I tell you what. So good. Um, pictures are just epic. Absolutely. So. Uh, FXR Racing, Race Tech Suspension, Privateer Island Life, Luke Reslin. Well, hey, buddy, good luck. Let's keep in touch. Let's get you out here. I think that's going to be awesome. Um, and if I don't talk to you, I hope I see you at, uh, I don't even know the opener, Tampa? Tampa. Yeah. yeah. We'll see. Um, yeah, either way. I mean, you'll probably see me there either way, but whether it's with a bike or not, <laughs> right. um, that, that's up for discussion. Whether, so. whether it's with a bike or your full um, – um, Karaoke, Randy your, Saltine. Your Randy Saltine, one of the two. <laughs> I'll, I'll make that happen either way even if i have a bike i'll have randy's outfit in the bag ready ready to go so you'll go you'll go main event to after party just like that absolutely luke, uh, luke to ready. randy fantastic yep. <laughs> we'll hit up mons venus uh as randy saltine i think that I, perfect i would like I'm, that I'm down. Uh, all right luke hey thanks for the time man really appreciate it thank you yeah thanks a lot